0: welcome back to the 4a baseball podcast once again we're getting closer and closer to opening day you're gonna hear a nice draft at the end of the week about our cy young candidates but today we're kicking it with our power rankings of first baseman honestly first baseman is a pretty heavily offensive position i think you guys can agree with that right Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be it's there's a lot of good first basemen. so some of these guys aren't going to make the list, but they're still ridiculously good and would make it at other positions. It's just first base is so stacked and I'm really excited to break it down.
1: How are we doing today, boys? I'm doing good. Uh, I know this one's going to be a little bit more difficult than um, the catchers that we did in our last episode. Um... I think we're going to have a lot more controversial takes here just because there are so many players at the bottom of our list that could flip anyway. Uh, I'm I'm
2: excited for this. I got my Josh Bell jersey on. Uh, He will not be cracking my top 10, but I, he I am ready to get – I'm ready to get this started
0: in all honesty. So the way we kind of formatted last episode was we kind of introduced our honorable mentions. First of all, if you haven't gone to listen to our Catcher Power rankings, I suggest going to do that. We started by, like, mentioning guys that we all kind of agreed weren't in our top 10, but then at the end, our honorable mentions ended up be- being people who got top 10 votes but just didn't crack it, or if there was a real big standout like Salvador Perez. Do is- you guys want to go with that format again? Yeah, I like that. Tommy, with that?
1: I'm with that. You want me to kick it off with uh, our honorable mentions? Yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. All right. Uh, in my honorable mentions, spot number one is Vinny Pasquantino. I think that this guy might make Brad's list, but... I think he's a very talented athlete. Uh, he's walked more times than he struck out in his rookie season. He has a surprisingly veteran approach for such a young batter. Um, however, I just haven't seen enough playing time from him to put him above all these other bats. And especially considering who is in my top 10, these are all pretty much uh, career-defined players already. It's really hard for him to break the top 10 just on 70 games. Uh, I, I like that. I like that pick as an
2: honorable mention. I know I almost can guarantee that he's in Brad's. Uh, a guy that I know is in one of yours is Ty France. He's he's an honorable mention for me. I think uh, in a lot of rankings, he is within the top 10. I know MLB just posted theirs and he was in there. I just I don't see what everybody else sees in him to have him crack my top 10.
0: I'm right there with you. Uh, maybe, Tom, you can try and enlighten us. About him, but it's just oh, yeah. When we get there, yeah. Um, I do have vinny P in my top 10. Um, I also have like a, a 10.1 who was like right there with him, like it kind of sucked not including this guy. And I'll talk about that in a minute when we get to our top 10. Uh, a guy that did not have a good 2022 by any means, but it was really injury plagued that I think just deserves a little bit of attention is Jared Walsh. Um, I wouldn't put him in my top ten, just really considering how bad his twenty twenty two was because let me emphasize it was really, really bad, but it was injury plagued. And I think a fully healthy Jared Walsh is a top ten first baseman in baseball,
1: yeah, and his last season was injury plagued, but he, he we're forgetting he's he was an all star. um this is a guy that can easily make a comeback here. Um, I don't know what his splits were. I know he did play some left field. Um, did he play majority first base, though? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's an elite bat, just um not turning in the right direction, especially for a top 10. It's such a, a packed position.
0: Yeah, like first base is probably up there with third base, and is that it for like most competitive?
1: Maybe center field or now nah, even right field maybe? Shortstop? Yeah,
0: I think shortstop's top, top heavy.
1: Yeah, Shortstop that's, is.
0: that's fair, that's fair. I think shortstop's going to end up being like our catcher debate that we had last episode. Yeah, that one got interesting. So do um, you guys have anyone else listed under honorable mentions? Because I have a guy in my honorable mentions that is definitely in one of yours, if not both of your top 10. I have Josh Bell,
2: but that is because partially Nat's bias. Again, I'm wearing his jersey right now, but also I think he will have a good season with the guardians from a leadership aspect from he is their main source of power. If he can figure out how to hit a ball hard again, but I I, I like Josh Bell in the guardians and I just like Josh Bell in general.
1: Yeah, I, I have one more. I have one more pick here. Um, I don't think Brad Orstev is going to like this one, but it's Joey Manessis. Um, obviously, this is an honorable mention, but um, he played 56 games last year, um, hit 13 home runs, and he in those games hit 72 hits. That's 72 and 56 games. That's a 162 game average of 208 hits and 37 home runs. Obviously, he's not going to keep that up. Um, but a guy like this managed to play at the same level for all 57 games, and that's a couple months. Um, and he also proved to be clutch. Uh he had a walk-off home run, making that the first home run, walk-off home run of the NAT season, by the way, might I add. He sucked. I, I think I think this guy's going to be good. If he can really if he can really um continue what he's been doing, I think he's that that's a top ten easily. But as I of just, right now, not not a big enough sample size. I just
0: think that the issue with him is that Dom Smith is there. And he's going to eat up a lot of first base days. So they, they I think did, they did test come it.
2: out. They did come out, and I think even Dom Smith talked about it, how he was excited to get a fresh start in in Washington and be an everyday first baseman. So that proves right there. I think he will split time with Dom Smith to play a lot of DH stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't see him cracking the top ten. For a multitude of reasons, one, I don't think he'll keep his production up for the small sample size we do have of him, but I do think he will be good. He could probably be within that top, probably lower 15 to to 20 range.
0: Yeah, I think Joey Manessas is a good story, but good stories don't always correlate to top 10 baseball players at a position, especially one this competitive um uh, maybe if he gets some time in like left field or something where it's a little bit less competitive he could crack a top 10 by the end of the season but i don't think first base is where he would do it uh are you guys ready to go into our top 10s yep i'm ready to get to it all right i like to kick it off by saying my number 10 is Vinny pasquantino um i have as tom pointed out walk rate higher than strikeout rate as a rookie which is ridiculously impressive uh, his, if he qualified as a hitter last year, his expected Wobo would have been top 10, not 10 percentile top 10 in baseball. So that's ridiculously impressive out of a rookie 137 WRC plus the defense isn't great. But then again, he's a first baseman. Like all I see is green flags. This guy is raked every level he's gone through. He's a good personality. His, his nickname is the Pasquatch. Like what's not to like about this guy. Um, I want to hear about your guys' top 10s because I have a guy that wasn't my honorable mentions, but it's like
1: 10.1. Well, not shockingly, uh, Brad talked about an honorable mention that ended up breaking his top 10. Mine is Ty France at 10 uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I, I think I think I fell in love with Ty France at the beginning of last season just because his first two months last year, he hit like, he hit like 350. And was one of the best batters in all of baseball. He was hitting at an elite level. He had a high slugging, high OPS. Um, but when he hit that all star break, um seemed to uh hit one of the worst streaks in, I've ever seen. Uh, I think he went like O for like twenty-five. Um but I, I think if you give him a fresh start, clearly if there's some adjustments that need to be made. But if you get that production that you got at the beginning of last season by from Ty France, that's a different player.
0: I think the issue with Ty France, or at least last season, was that just his fall back from heaven was that his expected stats just kind of were the mean. Like, he fell back down to earth. He fell back to exactly where he was supposed to be. And, like, you look at his fall off through the month of uh, July, he had an 857 OPS at the end of the month. He puts up a 508 OPS in August and it drops him down to a 788. And it just keeps going downhill from there. Like, he fell back to earth a little bit and he couldn't really recover for three months.
1: Yeah, I guess my question is, do you think that's an adjustment you can make in the offseason to return to form and to keep that form for a whole season? I think a lot of his OPS in the early seasons or the early part of the season was carried
0: by that on base percentage. Uh, and which his on base percentage directly correlated with his batting average. Uh, not inherently a really high walk rate because he only walked at five point seven percent of the time. Um, I think he's a he's a Luisa Rise. I talked about this. Luisa Rise type bat where it's bats a ball doesn't strike out too much uh doesn't whiff too much it's just his style of hitting the ball is a little bit more launch uh he has a 10.1 degree launch angle so if you're going to be putting bad and balls in play you want to be hitting those line drives almost even more ground balls to be more beneficial to him but he's also going to suffer from the fact he's in the fifth percentile for sprint speed so that's why i think he's an honorable mention guy not a top 10 guy
1: yeah, I guess one more question before we move on. Why do you think he is regarded as a top 10 on like MLB Network and most top 10 ratings? Why do you think he usually breaks the top 10? Because What's he's a factor?
0: Seattle Mariner. He was big for them last season. Like, that's fine. I, th- I think if Cal Rally didn't have like the same type of projections he had last season, he could still crack MLB's top 10 because he hit the home run that sent the Mariners to the playoffs. I think that has a lot of weight for MLB rankings. And their rankings were very good. I have eight. Of the top 10 players that they did as well it's just i think they over appreciate some guys who were good at who were hot at some point so their name is well known because but then again they also have to appeal to a much broader audience who may have seen the name Ty france so you don't want to be putting up of any Pasquantino who people may not know
2: that's true all right since, since who's who, yours for for 10 i had reese hoskins i feel like he is on that fringe of top 10 in my, in my opinion, because he does have that notoriety in Philly. He is a very good player, but he's a streaky player. That's my issue with him and why I don't think he can go any higher than 10.
1: I think he kind of is like the embodiment of Philly. He's a very yes. streaky batter. Um, but I, I do like him for number 10. He was at the bottom of my honorable mentions. I won't list my entire honorable mentions cause it was a lot of players, but, um, <laughs> But Reese Hoskins was one of those guys. He'd probably fall for like thirteen for me, but he—he he, that's a good pick.
0: I also had him as an honorable mention. That was the guy that I thought you guys were both going to have on your list. Um, the guy that I'm curious—this is my ten-point one—was Christian Walker, of the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was between him and Vinny P for number ten. And the thing that just ed, like that got it over the edge for me for Vinny Pasquantino was the walk rate. Like, obviously, Christian Walker is a ridiculously good hitter. Uh, he's going to have a huge role next season in Arizona his his defense is actually fantastic which is kind of surprising and he's just performing high consistently it's just I think Vinny Pasquantino has a higher ceiling than someone of uh Christian Walker's caliber
2: I could see it I could see it by end of season maybe cracking the top 10 and in this 7 to 10 range something like that I could I could see it especially with how the I think and I think we all think the Diamondbacks are kind of gonna take a jump forward so i and i think he will be a big part of that
0: uh yeah i think you you didn't have him in your top 10 right no tom i'm assuming you did he i i did he's he's
1: high actually
0: he's he's kind of like my cal Raleigh type pick see i can see i can see an argument for that though he is someone that like you put him in a different position he's a top five it's just he happens to be at first base which is really really deep yep
1: yeah um yeah, wait, go
0: ahead. Uh, I was just saying that wraps up number 10 for us. Uh, Tom, do you want to kick us off with number nine?
1: Yeah, my number nine was uh, Anthony Rizzo. I feel like it's kind of hard to put Anthony Rizzo at a spot. Uh, he just has a different play style uh, like, like, other than most first basemen. You know, he hits home runs. He has a low on-base percentage, low batting average. Um, he's, he's an interesting player, and I'm curious where he fell for you guys. Uh, did you guys have Anthony Rizzo at nine? I didn't have him at nine, but I did have him on my list. Okay Stas is he on your list? He is on my list, but he is higher than
0: nine Ah, uh, it was interesting that m l b didn't have him in their top ten i I was really shocked about that
2: because he's such a name like he he was a name with Chicago. He was the embodiment of the Cubs, right, especially in that twenty sixteen run, and he's still performing at a high level at such an age and now he's a New York Yankee, and you don't have him on the list like it doesn't that doesn't make sense to me
0: I agree completely. I, I, think, I do have him a bit higher, but like the fact that even MLB is like disrespecting him, i kind of that's I think that's low of them. I, I think this
1: yeah. is a guy, this is a guy that definitely benefits from being in New York. Um, and I, I'm not going to put that against him. I can't like you can't put the course effect against other, you know, you can't really do that. Um, but I think Anthony Rizzo falling at nine makes sense. Um, uh, he, he's gotten his walk numbers up though, which is impressive. It is
0: uh i, I mean Stavs and i are going to talk about him in a little bit uh yeah. Stebs who was your number nine
2: uh nathaniel is it lau or low wow. it is low
0: oh it's it not Lowe. it's nathaniel it's <laughs> nathaniel low brandon lau i get confused yeah. every I, time Yeah, exactly so
2: nathaniel low i had him at nine i i i like this guy and honestly i'm gonna be honest i did not know a lot about him before i started doing research for this he had a 302 average last year which that's a Stev's metric right there. Like batting average is like one of the, the metrics I use the most. Plus a 143 WRC plus. Like I, I didn't know this guy was good. And he's coming back to a Texas team that is pretty pretty similar offensively to what it was last year with better pitching. So I think he can produce at about the same level.
0: I'm also a little bit higher on that guy. Uh, I think right. I might be overrating him unfair. a little bit. It's just I think – there's the thing with him is I don't see red flags. When I have a guy that like you guys would have as like a top five, top six guy, but I have him at eight or nine, it's because I see red flags. That's and good. I think a guy that you guys do have higher is Luisa Rise, who is my number nine, because I see red flags. I see that if his batted like for those who don't know Luisa Rise, he is purely a bat-to-ball guy. His slugging percentage was solely reliant on the fact that he hit a couple doubles at target field. Uh, it has a high wall in right center field, which is perfect for a left-handed hitter. He is someone that I think might regress with the shift, uh, just because if he has the opening on the left side of the field, that if he doesn't have that anymore, um, then he's kind of getting a little bit more difficult to poke it through the hole, uh, this year. He wasn't shifted too heavily. He was only shifted 2.2% of the time in his Wob- but his WOBA was a lot higher when the shift was on. So we're not talking a huge decrease. We're just talking a little bit like a 10-point WOBA decrease because of the shift being eradicated. Um he doesn't strike out. He doesn't walk a ton either, but he's someone that if bad ball luck doesn't go his way, there's a huge opportunity for regression.
2: Um that's a perfect segue because I had Arias at eight. Um, I, again, everything that Brad said, it's, it's, he's a bat to ball contact type of guy. And I think I, again, it's this, this twins team is, is so just strange to me, but I, I like all the, I like all the players on the team, but I just don't think they're going to be a good team together. That's, that's my big issue with them. Um, But was it, was it he was the one that they were possibly trading? Was it, it was him or Max yeah. Kepler? So, I I don't so with that maybe he'll go somewhere that can help him more. Like I I don't I don't know. Again with that now there's a, a cloud around him I think. And but I, again I just really like this guy and I don't I I Brad, I see the red flags that Brad has, but I think he is a click above Nathaniel. Will.
1: you're gonna hate me for this. I didn't have Luis Arayas on my list. Um I think he just misses out. I this is a guy that has an expected batting average like 30 ticks below his actual batting average usually. It it's like 20, but like it's still significant. And it's Brad, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say is someone similar to Paul Goldschmidt though? Like him, Paul Goldschmidt
0: and like Freddie Freeman types always outperform their BABIP, like their BABIPs always super high just cuz they can hit it where people aren't.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess the Tom stat that really gets me is OPS, and it's just like a little underwhelming. And also not to mention the fact that I also – well, I don't know what he played last season. Did he play first base the entire season last year? And I just didn't know. I thought he played second his whole career. He shifted around a good amount. That's That's what I thought. I just never considered him a full first baseman until now. Um, I'm assuming he's now a a full-time first baseman. Mm
0: -hmm. He had, so last year he had 107 attempts at first base, 97 at second, but then 24
1: at third. Yeah. So that's like a clean split. I don't know. I, this guy, I think even if he was a full-time first baseman, I don't know if I can put him higher than 10.1, like Brad would put, um, Vinny or whoever it was at 10.1. Um, I just, I I think, I think he's a decent player and I think he's good at what he, what he, what he does. I mean, he's, is a slip, he's a slap hitter. He just, he just gets he can put the ball to play. He doesn't strike out much, and he has a uh, he's he's just high on all the uh, all the slap hitter metrics. Um, but let me go into my what are we number eight now? Yeah, number eight. Uh, I got Nathaniel Lowe. Um, just at number eight. I know that's probably a little low for a little low. Um, for Brad, <laughs> but um, this is just a guy. I think the low bias has to do with the fact. Man, I keep going back on that. Um, the bias probably goes against the fact that he hasn't been doing this for that long. Like he hasn't been that has hasn't been as productive as he was last year. Um, but you look at his stats last year; he was a hit machine. He got uh, what is he? What did he finish? Um, yeah, he finished like easy. yeah, no, but he finished like fourth in hits. So it was it was a very a very impressive season, and especially considering that it came out of nowhere. And he also hit twenty seven home runs.
0: Yeah, I think I like I like him. I think he's very good. Stevs also is a little bit lower on him. It's just I think he's he has a place in that lineup and he knows he'll have it. I think knowing that you have that consistency and knowing where you're gonna play every day is really beneficial. Um again, I'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh Stevs, who's your number eight? Number eight was a my number. You. You're, you're You're yeah, you're on eight. And my number eight was Matt Olson of the atlanta braves uh this guy is ridiculous whenever he hits the ball he hits it ridiculously hard my big concern for him is the whiffs like the defense is ridiculously good it's just when he stacks up to other guys he's just a tick below i think that's me heavily looking at his 2022 in atlanta if i was to take into account all his years in oakland He's probably a little bit higher on this list, but I'm just looking at where he's going to be. He's going to have to face the Mets a good amount who have really good pitching. The Marlins a good amount who have really good pitching. The Phillies a good amount who have really good pitching. And I just see him being a little bit lower on this list.
1: I mean, Matt Olsen is the type of guy, he has been a strikeout hitter his whole career. Um, I mean, bottom 9% in the league in 2020. Um, But this is a guy that's done this his whole career and found success with it his whole career. Um, And this is a guy if we're looking at hard hit percentage, has been in the top five percent of the league like multiple times, um, and he's kind of found success even with the high whiff rate and the high strikeout rate, um, and now later on in his career, obviously we saw last year with his first All Star appearance, his walks got up finally, so he's making adjustments at the plate, um, Brad, his walks have been up. No, I'm saying I'm saying he's 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 not his strikeout rate being bad. Is not necessarily the worst thing, and also put that on the fact that he's also a very good defender, one of the best first basemen in the game. You know, you, some, you got some love him, some don't.
2: I love him. I love him as well.
1: No,
0: I'm talking about defensive metrics, but um, yeah, I think my issue with Matt Olson is that he has capacity to fall from grace in Atlanta, where he can put up an 802 OPS, and an 802 OPS doesn't match up. 802 OPS doesn't match up to the other first baseman and I I think he I hope he will do better like you look at just the counting stats the stevs metrics and 34 home runs and 103 rbi is a really good season but 802 OPS and maybe that'll improve but a it doesn't have to in Atlanta for them to succeed and b if it stays that way they're first baseman that are better than him entering 2023
1: yeah, I think, I think this is a guy who plays his part perfectly. Um, I mean, I, I'm just looking at all the stats right now. I mean, he's got the run value against four-seamers that just doubled randomly last year. Um, but I think maybe it's a, a different approach because not only did his run value go up on fastballs, but his run value dropped on off-speed pitches. So it might be just an adjustment that he needs to make, maybe sit back on uh, off-speed pitches more, and maybe that will lead to more success from him. It It is interesting to look at these run values because you kind of see the year-by-year adjustments that these guys are making. Um, but I think that Matt Olson, being a strikeout guy his whole career is not going to change, and I think that he's going to keep seeing production even with the high strikeout numbers. That's not a red flag to me. Brad, you look a little confused. I'm looking up something right
0: now because okay. Brad had a theory. Okay. It's, uh, I need one more thing to load on baseball, Savant, and then I will publish my theory.
1: All right. You want to jump into number seven okay. while we're waiting?
0: No, I just, I found it. Um, okay, yeah. what is it? So my philosophy is like the Braves, are they just a fastball hitting team? They just push, like see the fastball, hit the fastball. And Michael Harris backs that up. Ronald Acuna does not back that up. I'm just looking at 2022 metrics. Uh, 2021 backs that up. But it's interesting. I it think It might just that, be a coaching adjustment. Yeah, I think be- it genuinely yeah. might be a coaching adjustment. Says so your number seven
2: number 7 let's get into it so again i had him a couple clicks higher than tom had him but anthony rizzo again the just age has not affected him somehow he's a great home run hitter he is a great defender and like what is not to like about anthony rizzo other than the fact that he is a new york yankee like he is he is a fun player to watch from a fan perspective, he's a fun player to watch on the field. He's a good character.
0: Uh, I'm right there with you with Anthony Rizzo at number seven. Uh, I have him slightly higher than Matt Olson, based on the fact he plays in New York. If he still played in Chicago, he's below Matt Olson because I think he's going to be able to feast off the short porch. You look at Anthony Rizzo's, Anthony Rizzo's home runs uh, on his 2022 hit spray chart, they're almost all to the pole side, and about half of those ones are in the first or second deck on the right field lines that would almost be out at some stadiums. Um, but he did hit a good amount over the 385 and right center, which is still like a good testament to the fact that yes, this guy actually can hit. Don't have, you don't have to worry about that. And by Yankee stadiums metrics, he had 36 expected home runs and he hit 34 this year. There are six stadiums where he was either the exact same or would have hit more home runs. So I think Anthony Rizzo deserves a little bit more props than medals and uh, at least heading into this season.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Um, so mine was uh this is where the Christian Walker pick's gonna come up. Um I, I was looking into this guy. Obviously, you look at this guy and you're like, man, he came out of nowhere. He's been in a league for what, like eight years now. Um, and it's kind of surprising, you know. All these guys that we're talking about, some of them just come out of nowhere. Um, he appeals to not only the under-the-hood stats, but also just the casual viewer stats. I mean, he had 36 home runs, 94 RBI uh 804 OPS and he also is an above average defender he's a very good defender actually and he's very flexible in his positions he can play multiple positions he hits the ball hard he has a high WOBA high barrel percentage he is a very good batter and he's going to continue to get better because that's what he's done every year since I think I believe 2019 he's just been getting better and better um and I think we're going to start seeing some more consistency from him next year
0: yeah, I again I liked Christian Walker. I just think that he could he could have been lower as well. I think seven or yeah, seven is his absolute max, maybe six. You agree with that, Steves? Yeah. All right. So moving on to number six. Um, I had Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets. I think, Tom, you look like I had him a little bit low. Um, I think he's proven himself. He has proven to be an absolute machine of a hitter. That's it. Like, I think his issue is that his defense is so bad that he might be a DH this season.
2: Uh I'm honestly right there with you, Brad. I think this is the perfect spot for Pete Alonzo. Uh, I literally wrote down in my notes for him: hit ball hard, that's good. Like, that is Pete Alonzo. Like, he is the the <laughs> Tom is,
0: is absolutely baffled, but... Tom, Tom, you look like the guy when The Undertaker <laughs> lost his streak at WrestleMania 30.
1: I have to be forgetting someone. Are we on six? Yeah. Who is yeah. above... Okay, nope. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I have five people above him, so that would make him six, yes. That would make sense. Um, <laughs> just give it... <give> me... <laughs> um, my number six was Jose Abreu. Um, I, I, I think... This is where most people would put him. I'm a little confused at how he didn't end up there for you guys. Um, very consistent hitter throughout his whole career. Um, obviously coming off the MVP in 2020, he kept it going. Um, hits the ball hard, got a high ex- expected wOBA, uh, 98th percentile on expected batting average. Um, and he hits to all parts of the ballpark. He is, he is not a pull hitter, he's not a push hitter. He hits to all parts of the ballpark. He's a very consistent batter. But you saw last season his power numbers did drop off. And 15 home runs as a first baseman DH is is not impressive, but his average makes it up for it. And, and once we get to these level of batters, you kind of get to, like, these interchangeable ones. Like, Jose Abreu is an elite batter, and I think he has a ceiling of being at, like, 5 or 4. But I think 6 is a good spot for him. Don't even – Brad, don't look okay. at me like that. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. Well, so
2: – okay. the So – as Tom just said, Jose Abreu could be five or four. Um, and for me, these next two guys are interchangeable at that five or four spot. But for right now, I've been flip-flopping this in my head pretty much since we before we started recording. Right now, I have number five, Matt Olson, and number four, Jose Abreu. So that is that is where I have them. I think they are definitely interchangeable as Tom just said, Jose you could be five or four. Um,
0: my number five is Nathaniel Lowe. I told you the fact that I didn't see red flags and that makes me think he is going to be very, very similar to what he did last year. The exit velocity there. The contact it's average. Like the contact is completely average, but when your woba's is high and you're able to perform as a contact hitter that also has power, like I think you talk about Thai France, Tom, this is a hundredth percentile Thai France. Nathaniel Lau is a hundredth percentile Thai France. Obviously Thai France makes a little bit more contact strikes out a little bit less, but just hitting the ball for average, as well as having some power in there is exactly what Ty France wants to be. And that is what Nathaniel Lau is and will be this season.
1: Yeah. And my number five, um, obviously higher than Brad is Matt Olson. Um, we talked about him earlier. Um, he's going to continue to do what he does best, and that is strike out at an alarmingly high rate, but also hit balls extremely hard and hit a lot of home runs and have a high slugging percentage. So I think he's going to continue doing that. And I'm looking at this now. He doesn't actually have an insane pull. He's actually very good at getting the ball to all parts of the field. Um, so this isn't a guy that's going to like benefit from a shift, but it's another guy that's just consistently going to be good year in and year out. I think he's just – he's really similar to
2: Freddie Freeman. He's just n- not as good – so so not I think, I pure, think, he's
0: not a pure hitter, which is what yeah. Freeman is. So yeah. I, think,
2: I think five is a good spot for Matt Olson.
0: Yeah. And Matt Olson has shifted 81% of the time last year. The increase in WOBA versus shift versus no shift, um, his was from having a shift to having no shift, the increase was only 32 points of WOBA, which is significant. But it's – I think it's a little bit less than what you're making it sound like.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Again, Matt Olson's a very... The issue is here, these baseball players are very, very good. And it's difficult to differentiate between them. Obviously, there's a top two of first baseball. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But number four, Steves had Jose Abreu. This is where I had Vladimir Guerrero going. Because he can be a contact bat. He can be a power bat. The FanGraph projections love him this coming season. Like I think their projections had him being like the second best batter in the American league behind Aaron judge or something very similar to that. They haven't fully published zips yet, which is the most reliable one. Um, but the thing that kind of concerns me is that if Vladdy's not hitting, we also talked about this in our text, the blue Jays aren't going and 2.8 war in 2022. That's kind of concerning.
1: Um, I mean, there's a couple of notes I wrote down for Vladdy that I'll go over when we get to him. Obviously, he's going to end up at three for me. Um, but my number four was Pete Alonso. I didn't write that many notes just because I thought we would all be in a consensus that Pete Alonso is the fourth best first baseman in baseball, but clearly that's not the case here. Um, this is just a guy, once again, you look at the um, just the front of the page stats OPS 870, 131 RBIs, 40 home runs. Obviously, RBIs don't matter because you can be put in a different position in your lineup, but this is a clutch guy. Um, high percentiles in woba, slugging, expected woba. I mean, this guy is just crazy. Um, okay. I I just don't see I don't see other batters being better than Pete Alonso. The ones that we mentioned, at least, um, just simply because he's been a consistent power hitting first baseman.
0: Um, I think the way I'm looking at it is I am looking at a quality at bat. When you're different, like all the top six, my top six are all ridiculously good hitting first baseman. I'm looking at the quality of that bat. And I think in terms of a quality of at bat that might, will, I think Vladimir Guerrero will have a better at bat than Pete Alonso. I think that Nathaniel Lau will have a better at bat than Pete Alonso because Pete Alonso, he hits the ball ridiculously hard, but it really feels like power or buffs, not like, not hitting too many singles, not hitting for average. I guess 271 nowadays is still very good. But I just feel like the quality of that bat is a little bit lower.
1: Well, the thing with him is that if you look at his 2021 season, his run value versus most of the pitches were not crazy good. And that seemed to level out this season. So I, I think that this guy is improving. I, I'm not saying that he's going to be the same batter every year and every year. I think he's literally going to get better and better every year. And it might be an adjustment at the plate, but honestly, when it comes to these type of power hitters, I mean, his player comps are Kyle Schwarber, Jose, Jorge Soler, Ronald Acuna, you know, players that have high power upside. And it, sometimes it's not always about the um, the at-bat itself. It's about the outcome of the at-bat. And this guy is a scary number three hole. as a four-hole hitter. And, and, you know, it's the type of batter that you don't want to face. Um, and I think he's going to keep producing like this, if not get better, just with his new approach to the plate. No, so- I agree. He's a good hitter.
0: Like, I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing the type of at-bat you value in a power ranking.
1: That's fair. I just – I don't know if I can put him below a guy like Jose Abreu or Matt Olson just because – especially considering age.
2: You're also – got to weigh into account defense along with that power bat, right? Like, that's that's the – like, Brad's talking about – like, he's talking about a quality at-bat, right? but you also have to think about fielding and stuff like that. So, again, it's just kind of
0: what we take into account when we're ranking these players. Yeah, and like if you just look at top six, I think besides the very, very low Nathaniel Lau for you guys, Jose Abreu is not a great glove, very good bat. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won a gold glove, which was shocking, but you know what? He did it. Matt Olson can be a good glove. And Pete Alonzo, not a great glove. So I think there's the – it kind of pushes people over one another, the glove, but it's not the difference between a three and a six, like it would be a catching position.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think – I think for me, um, I think spots five through one are very close. You can't interchange the two-in-one spot because they're so much higher than everyone else. But I think five – five through three for me are very interchangeable um but moving on are we on number three now right have we all gone over our number fours yeah we all went over four all right uh i'll open it up with vladimir guerrero jr um this is should not be a shocker i i think a lot of people forget the legendary season he had in 2021 um i mean this is one of the best seasons of all time considering he finished top five in like just about every category imaginable um he had a down season last year but still managed to finish top six percent in hard hit rate top 4% in average exit velocity and top one for max exit. It's just all the signs are pointing to. He's very strong. Um, it kind of does beg the question whether he can make the adjustment, like the pitchers have made the adjustment to him. Obviously they saw what he could do. Um, in 2021, he put like an otherworldly run value against four seamers. It was like a 32 or something. He uh, absolutely obliterated four seam fastballs. Um, this past season, he saw much less fast. He saw much less four seamers. I think it was like a 6% drop off. So he obviously didn't see as many, and he didn't hit them nearly as good as he did in his runner-up MVP season. Um, So I think, honestly, Vladimir Guerrero right now should be prioritizing hitting the off-speed. And I think with a full season to practice hitting the off-speed, Vladimir Guerrero will be back to his 2021 form, or at least somewhat close to it. I think
0: with Guerrero, people are calling his season so good, so great. For most people, it's just a career year. Like, until he proves he can do it again, it was just a career year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of whether he can adjust or not. I think a lot of these pitchers – I mean, this is Vladdy's first real season. I mean, obviously he played a season before, but it wasn't a full season. This was his first real season, and I think a lot of pitchers weren't adjusted to him. And now they're seeing his weaknesses, um, and they're picking at those weaknesses. And I think he needs to make an adjustment, but he clearly has the talent to hit the ball, and he clearly has the ability to make those adjustments. So I think we'll see a better version of him next season. I
2: agree, which is why I had Paul Goldschmidt at three. I, I knew going in to I knew going into this that I was gonna be the minority in this and I think going into this season again, we talked about his power rankings Tom is baffled, but I think Paul Goldschmidt is going to regress slightly I not pro, pro, partially due to age, partially due to I think he's gonna feel that he can take a little he doesn't have to bear as much of the responsibility as of the offense as he did last season he isn't a phenomenal player again these these next three players in my opinion are the three greatest first basemen like there's no debate but I think Goldschmidt is going to regress slightly and he is going to fall under Vladimir
0: Guerrero Jr. as of as as I can see it right now um well here's where I'm in the minority Jose Abreu is my number three um If we're looking at someone who's like aging like fine wine, it's Jose Abreu. The dude's 35, puts up the 93 percentile of average exit velocity, 82 percentile for strikeout rate. He barrels up the ball, he hits the ball hard, and there's nothing more like he gives a quality at bat every single time. And he is he's a contact hitter with power. His defense isn't there, his feet, he is the perfect bat in a lineup. And his quality of at-bat is higher than that of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Is he going to put up the same type of pop that is going to do? No, but he's going to put the ball in play for average a lot higher. He gets on base at a high clip. It's the only thing where he's going to lag behind his slugging percentage.
1: Um, I'll, Let me just do a side-by-side comparison because right now I'm looking at um Vladimir Guerrero, and he pretty much has... 98. He has 96 average exit velocity, 99 max exit velocity, 94th percentile and hard hit percentage. These are all like like you can't get much higher than this. Um, obviously, the defense is not crazy, but he won the Gold Glove somehow. Um, I mean, and then let's look at Jose Abreu. Why don't we go look
0: at why don't we go look at Xwoba for the comparisons?
1: 96 compared to a, I think it's lower, right? 83. Just because. Yeah. So so you, you have said? to
2: take into account that Abreu is going to be on a much better team in a much better environment this year than he was last season. He was on the White Sox last year, which was probably one of the worst environments you could have been in on an MLB ball club, like probably like worse than the Rockies. Like it was, it 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 was bad last year in in, in Chicago, and, and now he's going to the World Series champion Houston Astros. That you can't get much better of an
1: upgrade. I just want to bring this up really quick because this is interesting. Um, I always end up scrolling down to run pitch uh, run values. <clears throat> Brad, he had a negative nine run value versus four seam fastballs last season. He is an off speed hitter, but then you look towards his previous seasons and he has good good run values on four seams. Do, do you think there was an adjustment last year or do you think he just got unlucky versus fastballs?
0: Uh he's aging. So his bat slows down. Yeah, so he's so just, he's his issues. Is like, his issue is like 95 plus.
1: Yeah, so he's just capitalizing on
0: slower pitches. And mistakes, which is exactly what a veteran would do.
1: I, I like, think he, yeah. Like, Hold he's on.
0: a veteran who can find, like, look at that, look at that batter ball profile. His singles are going through the holes. Like, if you look at fan graphs, or not fan graphs, sorry, baseball savant, the hit spray chart, it's all around the edge of the infield, because he's just hitting it where they're not. And that's a skill shift or no shift where he's very, very good. He's actually better with the shift.
1: Yeah. Um. Are those similar batters on that website? You know, like the similar – they recommend yeah, yeah, yeah. some similar batters. Are those actually real? Because his are very bad while Vladimir Guerrero's are very good.
0: I mean I feel like Trey Turner and Tommy Pham and Starling Marte are pretty good people to be compared to. But think about it. They're no, I'm saying,
1: saying for, for, for Vladdy and then, and then having Jose Abreu's players be like Tommy Pham – uh i mean 2016 cargo was like the end of his career but uh, tommy fam gets it's just
0: saying like where you hit ground balls fly balls consistently that's all it's comparing it to oh okay. it doesn't take okay. into account the exit velocity it's literally just saying oh these guys he's very similar to he hits the ball straight away similarly to these guys that's all it's saying it's not taking into account his exit
1: velocity i appreciate the baseball savant lesson i gotta i gotta learn this website more but it's very fun to look at
0: yeah so that's why i'm high on jose you. again He's very good. Vladdy's very good. And we're going to get to number 2, where Steve's Who do you have? have? Vladimir
2: Guerrero Jr. Again, I literally in my notes, I have shockingly I have him over the MVP, but not shockingly, he will be better than he was last year. Like Tom said, Tom's already talked about him, right? I think he will be able to hit that the off speed he needed. He knows that's a weakness of his and he's going into an entire off season after having an entire season to make those adjustments. So he's, he made the adjustment slightly as he could because, again, he was playing nearly every day. And then this offseason, he has all offseason work on it. And then he's coming into next season, and you don't think he's going to be better? I, 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 just, I don't see a way he's not.
0: I think going into the season, Paul Goldschmidt is better. I want you to look at Paul Goldschmidt's baseball savant real quick. I'll send the link in our chat. Okay. And look at all the red it's consistent over time i have paul goldschmidt at number two if that wasn't obvious tom are you there are you
1: well so i actually i i literally while i was writing this i flipped it three times um and i'm not really sure who would have put it number two um i have i mean it's obviously freddie and paul goldschmidt the thing is there's like a 1a and 1b i i really can't you can't really get this right i'm putting freddie at two just to disagree just so we can all have different takes (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. i don't I don't know. Let's see. So Freddie oh. finished the twenty twenty two season. Let me just go into this. He finished the twenty twenty two season, leading first basements in hits, runs, doubles, walks, batting average, on base percentage, and somehow stolen bases. Um there have been some weird career adjustments. I love looking at run value for some reason. In his career, he's always been a fastball hitter with his three previous seasons finishing with a run value over 20 against fastballs. Uh, we have to talk about Freddie's career adjustments. In his career, he's always been a fastball hitter with his three previous seasons finishing with a run value over 20 against fastballs. But in this last season, his run value dropped against dropped uh, 10 points against fastballs, while his run value in every other pitch rose drastically. So he is now consistent across the board in hitting everything. Uh, I don't know what to throw at this guy. I mean, if I was a pitcher, I would be genuinely terrified because there's nothing you can really throw at Freddie Freeman that he wasn't expecting. Um, and it seems like he's just been getting better year after year. Um, when your player comp is Miguel Cabrera, it's 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 something it's something crazy. Um, and he's also got plus glove. Brad, what do you got? Um, I was just gonna say it
0: kind of looks like he sacrificed a little bit of power for his ability to spray the ball to all fields. Like He's always been able to hit the ball to the opposite field, to pull, to hit it for a home run if he wants to. It's just it kind of looks like he focused a bit more on covering the strike zone, uh, maybe keep taking a more linear approach to his stri- uh, to his swing. Uh, I'm just looking at his launch angle really quickly. It's the second lowest it's been. It's actually a little bit higher than it was last year in 2021. Uh, his 13.6 is lower than 2020, 2019, 2018, 17, 16, and 15. So it kind of looks like he is hitting the ball on a line a little bit more. And the reason yeah, I, I mean, have Freddie Freeman, that. I have Freeman above Paul Goldschmidt at number one, because look at the ex-WOBA. That's three straight years of above 400. Top 1% yeah. of the league, top 2% of the league, top 1% of the league. His ex which is basically like your WOBA based on the quality of contact, is top one, top two, top one. He walks a ton. He doesn't strike out a ton. He hits the ball hard. He's got a plus glove. Like, there's nothing... The fact that the Dodgers are getting him for $28 million a year is a steal.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I honestly like this adjustment. Would you rather have a 2021 Freddie Freeman or a 2022 Freddie Freeman? Because you got, a guy, you got a guy that hits 31 home runs, 25 uh, doubles, or a guy that hits 21 home runs and 47 doubles. That, that launch angle that you're talking about is the sole reason why his doubles have jumped from 25 to 47 in one season. And that's a perfectly fine adjustment, especially considering that his batting average has gone up. He's hitting more he's hitting it to all parts of the field. It, that that adjustment in my opinion is the best adjustment he's made because I would take a cut to your home runs to get every to to spray the ball to all parts of the field and especially to raise your doubles because that raises your um slugging percentage. Yeah, and with the way Freeman's doing it right now, that would be
0: that be his third season in a row if he didn't miss by 7 points last season of having a 345 average OBP slugging. Freddie Freeman's the best first baseman in baseball, I rest my case.
1: He also did play more games, and now let's go to our counter argument, which is Matthew
0: Stevens with Vladimir Guerrero in second place.
1: Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> um. So Paul Goldschmidt. These. This is one A, two A. They're the same. They're the same guy. I mean, I think Freddy's might be have the slight edge. Um. I think Paul Goldschmidt slightly edged him out in uh, Woba. Um. I'm not really sure on that one, but um. His his pitch his run values against different pitch types are all red. Um, but despite winning the MVP award, he only finished first in one category in the first base position, and that is OPS. Um, he didn't finish first in home runs, didn't finish first in hits, didn't finish first in doubles. That was that was all Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso. It's hard to argue against an MVP season like that. Wait, did I say Vladimir Guerrero? I so I'm meant, meant to said, say Pete Alonso. I must be Pete Alonzo
0: and Paul just keep Goldschmidt.
1: Just keep going. You're
0: good, you're good. You're good. You're on a
1: roll. You got it. It, it, It's just hard to argue against the MVP season. It's hard to to pick against the MVP. Um, But at the same time, a guy that provides more value to his team is probably going to be Freddie Freeman. Um, A guy that had more individual success was Paul Goldschmidt. I think his OPS plus was like 180, which is absolutely bizarre. Um, But I, I think these guys are in a league of their own. I think these two are above everyone else by a lot. Um, but I think Freddie Freeman slightly edges out Paul Goldschmidt for the number one spot. Stavs, what do you think?
2: Uh, I mean, again, all three of these guys, at least in Tom and I's opinion, are pretty interchangeable. You, I don't think you can go, if you have one of these guys as your first baseman, you cannot go wrong with them. I think, again, I think I have Vladdy Jr. over Paul Goldschmidt because I see a, po- a regression coming for Paul Goldschmidt, but again, I've also said that the past couple seasons where I see a regression, and then he goes on and he wins. So MVP, Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman in baseball. Tom is stupid on that point, but again, maybe I'm stupid that I have Vlad or I have Vladdy over him. I probably am, but that's what this is about. We're weighing different things when we're making our lists. So I think overall, I I think. All of our lists are valid, and every single reason
0: we have them on is good. So with Uh, that, we have our top 10. So this one is kind of the top. The number 10 is just because he was ranked higher by one person, uh, and that's Christian Walker. He's going to come in, and he's going to be really effective this season. I think that he's going to shine on the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, I think we all have them being a lot better, and I think they're the sleeper for the best breakout. Definitely better than the Giants. Nope. Yeah, I agree there, and he's got to be a big part of that. At number nine, we have Luisa Rise, which is perfect for where he should be. Uh, we got Tony Riz, Anthony Rizzo at number eight, Nathaniel Lau at number seven, Matt Olsen at number six, Pete Alonzo at five, Jose Abreu at four, Vlad Jr. at three, Paul Goldschmidt at two, and the best first baseman in baseball at number one is Freddie Freeman. So, we recorded this episode on the thursday january 19th and on the 20th luisa rise was actually traded to the marlins in exchange for pablo lopez and it came out that on the marlins he'd be playing second base um so we have to remove luisa rise from our first base list so that moves christian walker up to the nine spot and Vinny pasquantino will move into the 10 spot thank you all for listening to the 4a baseball podcast We'll be back on Friday with a new episode. If you want to interact with us at all, be sure to follow us on Twitter or TikTok. We'll also be uploading shorts from this episode and all of our rankings to our YouTube page and our social media. All the links will be in the description below. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating or review. If you have any suggestions, be sure to share them with us. We'll see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace.